Hey, good morning, church. Father's Day message for Father's Day. Um, when I, can I share a couple stories, a few stories with you guys this morning? Um, when I um, became a pastor, my mom made me promise that when I got to preaching that I needed to keep it short and make it funny. And, and to this date, to this date, I have really blown it, mom, and I apologize. But, but today I'm going to try to rally, okay? I'm going to, well, you decide whether it's short or funny, okay? And if it's not funny, just go like this and I'll stop it, all right? Um, hey, we are in the second week of a sermon series called Essentials. And it's like bringing us back to the basics, the, the important stuff of our church. Last week, Pastor Patrick, and the, and the essentials are listed inside your, your bulletin cover, um, Last week, Pastor Patrick spoke to us on the Bible, God's inspired, authoritative word for our lives. This week, I'm talking on God the Father. And as I was putting this message together on Wednesday, I realized my folks live in Florida. I realized that I had not sent my dad anything, not even a card. So I, I called my mom, and I said, Mom, hey, I'm in a panic. I didn't get dad anything for Father's Day. What, you know, what can I do? And I, I had this coupon for Omaha Steaks. And I said, Mom, what if I sent Omaha Steaks? They promised it'll get there by Father's Day. Mom said, no, 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 that's way too much. And I got to share with my mom that I was going to preach today about God the Father. And we came up with a plan that this message would be for my dad. Um, we recorded all these messages. And Brent, if, if you could make me sound a little like Billy Graham today, that would be really cool. Um, <laughs> just edit out the stupid stuff, okay? Um, that would be really cool. Um, um, this is for my dad, uh, dedicated to my dad. Um, I just love my dad so much, and uh, he's 88 years young, will we'll turn 88 years um, this day. And that's, this is my dad up there, picture taken this morning by my sister. Um, my dad's blood runs through my fingertips, and this song is in my soul. So, love you, dad, this is for you, okay? Um, I'm going to jump in, and if you have one of these uh, inserts in your bulletin, this is there's a sermon outline for folks who follow the sermon outline, and I'm going to give you all the answers today um, up front, okay? And it's all the same answer. Um, back in my engineering days, um, there, there's a test you need to take to, to practice being an engineer. It's called the engineering training test, or fundamentals, essentials, if you will, of engineering. And I, uh, there was a section, 10 questions. Uh, it's an eight-hour test, four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon. It's a time test. And I was never very good at thermodynamics. Um, I, I remember one equation, PV equals NRT, and I think the T stands for temperature, but I'm not sure about that. But I, I, uh, um, as the proctor said, we've got a couple more minutes left. I had left the whole section of thermodynamics open. So I took my number two pencil, filled in C for every one of those things. And, and by the grace of God, I passed that test. But, but this is your C for today, okay? Um, all the answers are remember, 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 remember. Remember where you came from. Remember whose you are. Remember who loves you. And remember love does. Remember love does. Okay? Um, I'm going to jump into the text. The text I'm going to use this morning about God the Father is from Isaiah. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. It's one of those texts that I try to own, that I try to remember, memorize, um, and I've used this text often when I go visit someone who is close to going to the other side of heaven. And I will, I will personalize, oftentimes personalize this text. And I don't know where Beth Devlin is. Beth, um, I did this for Michael when he was about to go with Jesus. And I said, Michael, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember this story. 
powerful, especially when someone's about to take the, the greatest step of faith in their lives. But I'll say this text. This text is going to be up on the screen. It's in your bulletin. But I want you guys to look at me, okay? I want you to look at me because I want to speak it into your hearts. Um, and if the message crashes and burn, just remember this text, okay? Remember where this text is, Isaiah 40, 28, 31. Let me speak it to you. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men, they stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, but those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Um, remember where you came from. That's number one. Remember where you came from. Um, when I, um, I'm a second career guy. When I was an engineer and I, when I was going off to seminary, um, mine asked, what the heck is that? What are you going to talk about that thing? I think there's a picture of this. And in the, in the plaque underneath it says, remember where you came from. And my guys, uh, as I left to our little engineering company went to start seminary. They gave me this. And if I ever get puffy about my engineering career, we did mostly, we did a lot of landfill work. Um, most people would call it dumps, but us landfill guys, we call them landfills. Um, but this is a plaque filled with little miniature trash. And they told me, don't forget, don't forget where you came from. They didn't want me to get too puffy. Um, and somehow it's fitting. I've kept it all these years. Um, that was back in 1997. Remember where you came from. Um, my sermon's going to be really short unless I go back to my manuscript. Um, um, do you not know, going back to that scripture, Isaiah 40, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one, no one can fathom. I borrow some of these thoughts from Max Lucado, we need to hear that God is still in control. We need to hear that it's not over until he says it's over. We need to hear life's stuff, the stuff that happens to us. The missteps, the mistakes, the tragedies are not a reason to bail out. They are simply a reason to sit tight, to stay steady. I quote this from Corrie ten Boom, and I'll quote it close to being right. Corrie ten Boom is a Holocaust survivor. She used to ask this question, when the passenger train comes to the tunnel, when the passenger train comes to the tunnel, it goes through the tunnel, and the world gets dark, do we bail out? Do we jump? Of course not, she said. We trust that the engineer will take us through. The way to deal with discouragement, the cure for disappointment, go back and read the story. Go back and read God's story. Pastor Patrick talked on it last week. Read it again and again. Be reminded that you're not the only one that has wept. Be reminded that you're not the only one that needs help or has been helped. Read the story and remember the story points to us. The God story points to us. It is our story, my story, and your story. Remember where you came from. Remember whose you are. Number two, um, up till a couple weeks ago, I thought I was preaching on the Trinity. And if I preached on the Trinity, I would have swung and missed big time. I mean, the Trinity is a hard concept uh, to get your head around. 
And I would have done a poor job. I would have, um, yeah, I, I just would have messed it up. Um, and you folks would have been calling for my pastor card for sure. My, my understanding of the Trinity is fuzzy at best. One God and three persons. I, I heard it described once, um, the Trinity, as Neapolitan ice cream. Um, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. One ice cream, three flavors. And I know that, that theologically that's not very sound, but it's Father's Day and I love ice cream, so we're going to stick with that image for now, okay? Um, quick introduction to the three persons of the Trinity. And we're introduced to the concept of the Trinity at Jesus' baptism. And by way, uh, just by the way, the Trinity is not a word that's used in Scripture. It's a word that came up out of the early creeds from the church fathers as they were trying to articulate the essentials. They needed this image, this Trinity image. But this is Jesus' baptism. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit the Holy Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Jesus getting baptized in the Jordan River and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, descending upon him like a dove. And then a voice from heaven, the Heavenly Father's voice said, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. God the Father is telling Jesus right before he begins his public ministry, God the Father affirming God the Son, Jesus, you got this. Remember where you came from. Remember whose you are. You are my son. Don't ever forget that. I love you, and I am proud of you. Blessing of the words from the Father. Those same words are whispered to us from God the Father in our baptism. You are my son. You are my daughter. You were created in my image. I love you. With you, I am well pleased. Don't ever forget that. When folks look into your face, look into your eyes, they will see me, they'll see my image. Folks will tell you, man, you look a lot like your dad. Remember whose you are. A couple of weeks ago, we baptized Daniel Schmidt up there, and it was just a, a great day to celebrate. And she came up out of those waters, those same words from God the Father. Danielle, you are my daughter, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. We've got a couple of more baptisms coming up. And if you've not been baptized... These are the words from the Heavenly Father that you need etched on your heart. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Remember whose you are. Um, just a dad story. i got to stick some dad stories in there because this is dedicated to dad. I don't know how this tradition started, but I, I was the first to leave our house to go away to college. And somehow, um, when, when I would drive, when I would come home for, for whatever a visit, my dad would come out when we were saying goodbye, and he would spit on our windshield. It was some kind of blessing. My dad was saying, you are my child. With you, I am well pleased. I love you. And then he would loogie on the windshield. And, and it, it became this, every time um, one of the, the kids would go away to school or wherever, or family would come over, we'd all come out. We all joined in on this tradition, and we would spit on the windshield. Uh, my, my wife, in fact, early on in our marriage, my wife sort of let us go on with that until, until I had kids, and I taught them a two-step process, two-step process to the spinning, the blessing of the cars. It would go, and then we would spit. My wife shut that thing right down. Um, I don't think I've blessed any of your cars, although maybe I've talked to you about it. But, but a highlight of my pastor career, highlight of my pastor career when I was a, 
Uh, first, um, out, out of seminary, I was a youth pastor in Maryland, and uh, we were taking a bunch of kids on a group work camp, and early on a Sunday morning, we had a big bus. It was kind of like what Spencer does with our kids. We had a bus, a commercial bus, uh, that was loading up our kids early morning. All the parents came out, and they spit on the windshield. That's sort of a blessing for us. Highlight of my, my pastoral career. Uh, <laughs> remember, remember whose you are. If you take anything away... Uh, maybe spit on somebody's windshield today and tell them it's a blessing, okay? Um, remember whose you are. This is from 1 John. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Remember whose you are. Remember who loves you, uh, point number three. Most every day I'll, I will call my mom and dad, um, and this past week I called home and dad answered and I always ask because my dad my dad's a full-time caregiver of my mom I always ask dad am I catching you at a bad time and he says yeah 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 I'm in the middle of something here talk to mom and, and uh, dad gives the phone to mom and then mom says do you know what that nutcake of a dad of yours is doing um, he is cleaning before the cleaning lady comes and and then I hear dad in the background well I don't want them to know what slobs we really are <laughs> but we're all like that a little bit aren't we um um, my dad, my dad, my beautiful, loving, mush head of a dad, sometimes a knuckle head of a dad, like I shared, he'll turn 88 years old this year. And I thank God for him after every phone call. My dad, at the end of most of our phone conversations, he will say, remember who loves you. Every time, I'm 60 years old, I still get gushy about that. Remember who loves you. And I love those words. Um, my dad is one of my biggest cheerleaders. He's one of my biggest fans. Um, he tells me often that he loves me and that he's proud of me um, and that I, that I am his son. Some of you, I know, didn't have an earthly father that maybe told you that they loved, uh, loved you very much or maybe at all. Sometimes earthly fathers don't get it quite right this side of heaven and sometimes I mess it up real bad as well. I get too focused on work or projects at the house um, but my two kids are, are good at sort of reining me back. Um, I don't know why they know this song. This is an old song. But you remember the Harry Chapin song, Cats in the Cradle? My kids will start singing that chorus. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, that's why we need to remember that our Heavenly Father loves us. Loves us perfectly, unconditionally. Bumps, warts, and all. Back to the Isaiah text. He, God the Father, gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men, they stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be faint. They will, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Remember who loves you. I steal this from Bob Goff. God the Father searches for us. He hears our impossible, audacious prayers for ourselves and others and delights in forgiving us and then answering those prayers by letting us return home to Him. Remember who loves you. This is from 1 John. Dear friends, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Remember who loves you. Fourth point, last point. Um, Maybe, Mom, maybe I'm, I'm staying close to being on time here. Um, number four, remember love does. 
And this, I, I take this scripture from Ephesians uh, using the message, Eugene Peterson's um, translation of the Bible. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Remember love does because God does. God can do anything. Even use knuckleheads like you and me to be his hands and feet. I shared with some of you guys that um, uh, Bob Goff is one of my new favorite authors. And he wrote, a, he wrote a couple of books and I've read them a couple of times. His wife wrote a book. I read that book. Um, there are a couple of small groups that fussed with um, this Love Does book. And Bob Goff challenges us to not only know Scripture, but to live it out, to do it, to be impact players. God wants us to have skin in the game, to make a difference. And what fuels this, it's not hallmark squishy love, but it's courageous, strong love. And love needs to take you action, love does. And Pastor Patrick touched on it last week. There's a big difference between knowing Scripture and living it out, doing it. From James Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. And what does the word say? I I paraphrase the great commission that Jesus gave us. Love God with everything you've got. Love God with everything you've got, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then the second part of that is love the things that God loves. Love the people God puts in your life, that whole love your neighbor as yourself thing. Then God's word says, this is from St. Peter, above all else, Love one another deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And St. Peter knew something about sins and messing up. If you remember one of the scenes in John's gospel, Pete, Pete, do you love me? Three times Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Jesus tells him, this is what love looks like. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, and feed my sheep. Remember, love does. Another quote from Bob Goff. God says to ordinary folks like you and me that instead of closing our eyes and bowing our heads, sometimes God wants us to keep our eyes open for people in need, do something about it, and bow our whole lives to him instead. Remember, love does. Remember, love does because God does. God's strategy, God's strategy to reach us was absolutely crazy. I borrow this from Tim Keller from the book Prodigal God. He became like us. He became like the people he wanted to find so that he could put his arms around us and welcome us and ultimately lead us home. Love does. Remember love does. I often get a front row seat to watch how our church loves each other here and beyond. Um, Four weeks ago today, we had a... um, I watched you guys, some of you guys. There was about 100 of us uh, that loved on a family that was going to Hades and back. Um, Anjul, some of you guys know Anjul. She sings in the choir. She's been a member of our church for years. Her husband, Jim, is here with us today. Um, um, it was Anne's birthday four weeks ago today, May 20th. And we knew because she's got cancer. She's got stomach cancer. It was terminal, and she didn't have that much more time left. We were praying that she could make that day because we wanted to throw her a surprise party. And we did, four weeks ago today, and it was just a great party. I don't know how Ann did it, um, but I'm told that it was a blessing to Jim and to Ann and to um, their daughter, Gwen. Uh, 
was told that uh, after that party, and it was just a short, it was an hour long, uh, but I watched just how people loved on Anne, and Anne, as frail as she, she was, loved us back. Um, it was powerful to be a part of that. Somebody shared with me that um, Anne went home that day and read every one of the cards and notes that we, we wrote to her, and she was blessed by that. We helped walk Anne home um, that day. A week later, she was in hospice care. That was a, a Tuesday, and by Saturday night, um, early Saturday evening, she went home to be with Jesus. Um, I think when it's all said and done, when we do church close to being right, we're walking each other home. That's all we're doing. And some of us have a short throw, some of us ha- have a longer throw, but I think when we do it close to being right, that's all we're really doing is walking each other home. Remember where you came from. Remember whose you are. Remember who loves you. Remember love does. Remember, remember, remember. This series is about remembering the essentials, the important stuff of this church as a people of God. And I would love it if we could capture just my, my words. I think if we could capture on our marquee outside that love lives here. Maybe that would be close to what God wants us. When he said, love one another as I have loved you, maybe that's what we need to put on our marquee. Pastor Patrick talked on God's word, God's living word breathing in and through us, and God the Father, loving us in this life and beyond. John 3.16 may be the most famous text in God's word, but they, they say it's the hinge of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not, shall not perish, but will have eternal life. Remember, remember, remember. It's the last story. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor Drew to, to close us out today. He's got a great um, um, song, a great story about remembering. Uh, but I want to share just one more, one more last story. Uh, it's about a love does story, and I shared this with the elders and deacons yesterday. A couple weeks ago, my wife and I went to an outdoor concert. It was in Highlands Ranch. It was an Eagles cover band. They were playing all the Eagles songs. And we were sitting up close to the front, and there was probably, uh, by the end of the concert, there was probably 75 or 100 people dancing. My wife and I love to dance, but for whatever reason, because I'm a bad dancer, I didn't want to go up front. But when they were playing their last song, I said, babe, let's go dance. And we did. The concert changed. When I went from, from when we were sitting to when we were dancing, it changed. We became participants. God wants us to participate. Um, remember, remember, remember. Um, some of you guys know um, I've tried to teach some of you guys the sheep song. As, as hard as I try to work that sheep song into every sermon, swung and missed again today. Um, but Pastor Drew has got a great song. This is a song about remembering, about remembering his dad remembering um, his journey with his dad as a kid and then remembering uh, when he became a dad. So I turn it over to uh, Drew and Leela.